0: This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592, or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Thursday, June the 9th, 2016. Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour brought to you Monday through Friday here in Arizona at nine AM here on ten ten AM. We are so glad you joined us. Thank you for making it to Thursday. You're almost through the end of the week. You're what I call day four of a hostage situation if you're sitting in a cubicle. (laughs) I'm telling you. Life in a cubicle. But life goes on. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver, and it's as easy as giving us a call at 1-800-951-0592, or you can give us a call. Well, that's the number you give us a call at. Hey, and guess what? The lovely Sarah's here to answer your phone calls, take your orders. Just uh, hey, answer any questions for you if you have any, or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Not only can you uh, look at the products and order online easy as point and click, but you can check out the news to disturb the comfortable. This, all of that, is brought to you by Joe Jaquins, the CEO, president of the company. Um, he is the man who does all the research to make sure, you know, you don't you know, just get to hear what you want to hear, but he tells you what you need to know. And, Joe, I'm asking you today, what is going on? What do we need to know? What's going on in the market today? Happy Thursday. Yeah, it is a happy, happy Thursday.
1: Happy, happy Thursday. Um, listen, this is going to be one of those shows... Where you're going to want to listen to it. Some of you are going to want to listen to it more than once. Uh, we're going to be talking about what uh, I believe is going to be the next currency. Uh, talking about the Fed coin. We talked a little bit about it yesterday.
0: I thought it was McDonald's monopoly. Money.
1: <laughs> you go play the McDonald's monopoly, monopoly game. Monopoly. Yeah, that, you, you know are. what? Why not? Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, just all kinds of things breaking. George Soros is back in the headlines today. Carl icons in the headlines today. Black Rock says that Chicago, or I'm sorry, that Illinois should be kicked out of the municipal bond market because, well, let's face it, they're broke, and it's dangerous to lend them money. I mean, it's just... All kinds of things. Uh, what I, the story that we talked about yesterday, where the largest bank in Japan is getting ready uh, to no longer be a primary dealer for Japanese debt, that was in the Wall Street Journal front page this morning. And here, here's what was so funny: they tried to they tried to spin it as a good thing that the Bank of Japan is going to welcome this because it'll force uh, the the bank, which is, uh, what was it, Uh, Tokyo Mitsubishi Bank, it'll force them to do riskier things with their money. And so now, according to the Wall Street Journal, now this is just, you know, this is what they said. They now want your banks to be really risky with your money. And that somehow is supposed to be a good thing. This is the plan that the central bankers have Mario Draghi the head of the European Central Bank, Well, he's, he's just, I don't even know what to, to, to tell you about his comment, but he is very concerned. Obviously, he's worried about the U.K. leaving uh, the Brexit vote, which is coming here in another couple of weeks, but he was talking about the growth, the lack of growth. It's a danger to the entire world and he's nervous and he says we're buying all the bonds we can buy and and apparently there's such a problem now that they're talking about buying just like the Bank of Japan buying the v- bonds that are no longer investment grade or you know bonds that you would think are uh, relatively safe, and and now we have this the whole world running amok. Gold's up again, another double-digit uh, update for gold, up eleven dollars, twelve hundred and seventy dollars this morning. Silver, you know, just like that, up another twenty-five cents today. I want to say silver's up over a dollar, almost a dollar twenty-five, just in the first four days of this week. Seventeen dollars.
0: It's been a quick jump, right? right?
1: Well, you know, all that baloney that you heard from all of the Fed governors here in the United States uh, has all unwound, and now all of a sudden everybody's starting to get really concerned about what's going to happen with all the debt that's been plastered all over the world, and the central bankers have lost control. Listen, this is just what happened. They doubled down, they doubled down again, and they tripled down and quadrupled down, and and essentially, you know, I think Ben Bernanke had it right when he said, we'll drop money out of helicopters. We've heard all the talk about how they're going to need to go to some kind of basic income. You know, they had that vote in in Switzerland. Now, that vote failed, but the fact that they even voted on it, the fact that you hear guys like, Bill Gross talk about this is what the the industrialized nations are going to have to do because there's going to be social unrest. And you talk about what the you know what the IMF released a statement uh, last night talking about the exact same thing. They're all worried about social unrest because what happens when these banks unravel? What happens to all the debt? What happens when nobody can have the ability to pay it back? And the fact of the matter is uh, the economic growth that they've been promising has never materialized. And yesterday, I told you, verbatim, Title Two of Dodd-Frank. This is what they considered to be the solution to too big to fail. It wasn't breaking them up. Okay, if we made these banks smaller again, then if one of them went under, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? We could handle it. Now, we don't want to do that. Instead, let's do this. Let's just take the money right from the depositors and call it good and tell everybody we fixed it. Patriot Radio News Hour, FedCoin. What is it? When should we expect it? That's coming next. Head your radio news hour, our toll-free number, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And as as we've been trying to educate you, anytime you deposit money into the bank, and it doesn't matter direct deposit, you went in there with a check, you you put cash in there after you showed your ID, that money is no longer yours. And
0: that includes when you go put money on in an IRA, I mean, if you're doing it through your bank, does that include those types well, no, of things? Well, no,
1: that's a separate vehicle. We're just talking about deposits at the bank. Now, IRAs and 401Ks, let me just tell you how that works. You think the money is yours. The government thinks it's theirs because of the fact you owe taxes on that. And so until your tax bill is paid, yeah, that's our money.
0: You know, I'll tell you this. Uh, back in uh, 2008, when things got really tight, you were talking about this two days ago. I cashed out a uh, um, a 401k, and I had uh, somewhere close to $26,000 in there. Okay,
1: great example, right? Okay. Hey, listen, so, I'm just but, trying to do whatever I need to do and this was, to was, stay afloat. To
0: stay afloat. I had to keep my head above water, so I had to cash out so that I could uh, do just that. Okay? Um, and when I cashed this out, the penalty—and understand this was matured—that money had been in there. Well, I you been, weren't old enough, but but it was still. I mean, that money had been in there, a good or growing in there for over fourteen years.
1: Right, and it doesn't matter. You weren't fifty nine and a half, so you had to pay taxes and the penalty.
0: Up to twenty six thousand dollars, it cost me about six of it.
1: Oh, at least right. At yeah. least
0: okay. Um, And don't get me wrong, that's what that money's there for. Kind of like, you know, like you always say, um, I I will tell you this, man, do I wish I had had that in
1: gold. Right, right. Do
0: I wish I had that in silver, okay? Because I wouldn't have had to pay that to
1: anybody. So here's the thing. So you're sitting there and you're thinking about what the new regulations really are, right? Because if you just were a headline reader, you would believe that whatever the problem was, this too big to fail, they fixed it. All that they really did was wrote a law that says the government will no longer bail out the banks like they did last time. And instead, they came up with this, what they call a, a, a wind-down operation of a partic- any particular financial institution, which simply is... Hey, we're going to go after, you know, all the bondholders, all the people that are shareholders of the bank. And when you make, when your money is in the bank, you are essentially an unsecured creditor. And of course, the unsecured creditors get hit first, then the secured ones and so on and so forth. And and this is part of the problem. So their solution was, yes, we're going to prevent a taxpayer bailout. But however, now think about this. Five banks, and really four, Wells, JP, City, B of A, they hold about 70% of the country's deposits. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. One of them goes, they all go. Because they're all interwoven. they—they they, These dark pools and all of the money lending and all the behind-the-scenes things that we don't know anything about, they're all in it together. And there's no way to, to pay these debts without essentially turning you in and turning your money to use that was in your accounts to pay those debts. And the thing about it is, is, is their their plan is when they take your money, they're going to make you a shareholder. This is how the plan works. Now there's a little loophole, and I know they like to brag about their FDIC insurance. That two hundred and fifty thousand, because they want you to feel safe. You know, and I've already told you that the FDIC's only got twenty billion dollars. I mean, that wouldn't even cover the deposit for Arizona, much less the entire country. But when you become a shareholder, you no longer are considered to be under the protection of the FDIC insurance. Now, they want you to believe, don't worry, we're only going to make you an unsecured on after 250 k But when push comes to shove, you know what they're going to do. At least I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, sorry. Yeah, we would have done it, but you had to become, you know, because the losses were so great, we had to turn you into a shareholder instead. And so therefore, ergo, no FDIC insurance for you. Now, One of the things that I surmise when this happens, or maybe before it happens, they're going to need to change the money. And everyone has speculated, and I remember when I first started, uh, the Amero concept was very popular, right, where somehow uh, us, Canada, Mexico, uh, we would all get together and form like our own little E.U., Right then, there was the North American currency, where hey, maybe us, Mexico, Canada—that's not big enough. Let's just go with all of North America and South America and and do it that way. And as I, the more I've studied this, the more I've looked at it, the more I'm like, that's still not big enough. It's just not big enough. You're gonna need to do something globally. And then this weekend. It happened because I had been telling and I've been speculating. I think they're going to do some kind of an electric or electronic currency. Digital digital currency advocates were invited to a private gathering in Washington with central bankers, and they convened and it was convened by the Federal Reserve itself. The International Monetary Fund was there, the IMF. The World Bank was there. And all the major central banks of the world were in attendance, as reported by Bloomberg. At the event, it was opened by none other than Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen herself, Central bankers at the most powerfully state-backed financial institutions in the world took part in an extended conversation with digital currency entrepreneurs and advocates, including the slow growth and credibility for technology in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Of course, that is your electronic credit financial system and so here's what we know this weekend the World Bank the IMF all the other major central banks of the world were invited to Washington with our Federal Reserve Chairman at the lead talking to all the I guess creators of electronic credit technology and, and here's some examples of how we're getting to this. In 2015, February 2015, the Bank of England released a discussion paper, That's, you know they call it a white paper, that listed areas to be researched, to be undertaken by the world's major central banks. Two of the documents, 50 pages, Explored Opportunities Presented by Cryptocurrencies. The subsection that directly addressed the digital currency was titled, Why Might Central Banks Issue Digital Currencies? Late last year, the Central Bank of Barbados studied the effect of adding cryptocurrencies to its portfolio reserves. Reserve banks keep piles of other countries' currencies on hand, and the central bank assessed whether Bitcoin may be significant enough to give the bank a new means of maintaining its dollar peg to the United States. The Bank of Russia has established a blockchain working group in February, now, blockchain, just for, you know, a very, I'm no techie, but I'll give you the very uh, uh, simplified version of what that means. Blockchain is nothing more than a timestamp, a record of everything done. In other words, it is the, the database, if you will, for the electronic transactions. It'll say, Joe Schmuckatelli, on June the 9th at 11.27 a.m., purchased a shovel at the Ace Hardware Store located at this address, and blah, 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 and along with all the millions of others, and they'll tie it all back, and... And it all gets tied in, and he took that money from this account, from this bank, at this time, and the whole thing. That is my interpretation, very generalized, of what blockchain technology is. This past weekend, representative from 90 countries showed up for this meeting. The finance influx was the... Name of the meeting, Finance in Flux, the Technological Transformation of the Financial Sector. So what do we have right now? We have flux, don't we? Financial markets, no one knows what's real. Right. Carl Icahn was on TV this morning, and I was listening to him, and he was commenting how George Soros says, hey, bad stuff's coming. By the way, I'm in gold, and I'm in silver, and you better do it. And Carl Icahn comes out and says, who knows what this stuff's worth? All of it's being propped up. And all, all that Carl Icahn had to say was, I know it's not worth what they're saying it is. And, of course, someone I wonder, is it worth more or less? He goes, it ain't worth more talking about debt markets, talking about stock markets, talking about how it's just all being held up uh, by, by fiat money being printed by the central bank. So we have flux. The technological transformation of the financial sector. It took place inside one of the Federal Reserve buildings itself. It wasn't as, hey, we're not going to go meet at a hotel or or, uh, some convention center. Nope, we're going to have that meeting right here in our office. Blockchain boosters were invited to talk about digital currencies and its associated technologies, according to a statement from the Chamber of Digital Commerce. Adam Lugwing, CEO of Chain, which provides blockchain services to companies, urged central banks to consider the advantages of issuing digital currencies during a speech that he gave at the event. He begins and ends the post with the 2008 financial crisis, arguing that a public ledger, could have dampened panic-inducing uncertainty during the darkest days. Now, of course, a general ledger, of all the things that were going on, I actually think the opposite would have happened. It would have been even worse. (laughs) Wait a minute. You loaned what to who? It's backed up by what? I think it actually would have been worse, but, but at least, you know, this is the... Once again, remember what it is that they're talking about here. Full disclosure, we want to know everything about everybody and every purchase and every sale that's ever being made. What's the other side of it? We'll talk about that next. Every breath you take
0: I love that song. Please. You know what? When I was in uh, eighth grade, I dedicated that song on the radio to a little girl named Amy Newman I was request, dedication. Yeah, that's right, man. It wasn't Casey Kasem <laughs> that sent it over to her. It was KBAR Radio in Burley, Idaho, and I requested that song, and she heard it.
1: She did. I was holding. was. Oh, I was, I was holding hands. That.
0: I was holding hands with her on Monday because she said, "Yes, I'll go with you." Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, gosh, I hope she's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't have to worry about Pam. She's in Australia, so she's in the (laughs) podcast. By the way, we have a ton of listeners in Australia. Australia, good day or good night. I don't even know what time it is. Is it it, yesterday there or is it tomorrow?
0: It is, uh, let's see, it's 9.30 here. It is about 5 a.m. there.
1: 5 a.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow. There you go. Happy tomorrow. Happy tomorrow to you. So, (laughs) (laughs) So here it is that this last weekend ninety countries are all meeting at the Federal Reserve, along with the IMF, along with the World Bank, talking about digital currency. And here's where it really got interesting. The speech by Ludwin brought to a discussion that has been taking place in the policy sphere. Prominent cryptocurrency blogs have been kicking around the idea of a nation-state-issued cryptocurrency. They call it Uh, FedCoin. J.P. Koenig wrote a post with the caption, FedCoin, where he described how the Federal Reserve could create its own digital currency, one in which each of its banks could be a node in its public ledger, and its digital dollars would trade at a one-to-one exchange rate with a physical dollar. Meaning that one Fed coin would be worth $1. Of course, here's the thing about that. They can make it be worth whatever they want. you got to remember the reason why they're talking about this in the first place. Finance in flux. Bonds that nobody wants and nobody can pay back. The fact that they need the money. And you see, when this happens, one-to-one sounds great. That makes you feel better. But the problem is, it could be ten-to-one. It could be the hundred-to-one. We have no idea. It could be five-to-one, four-to-one. Vice President of the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, David Andolfato, followed up the the Koenig's Post with his own blog. They note that it has his blog, his personal blog, has no relationship to the Federal Reserve. So in other words, he's voicing his personal opinion, not necessarily that of the Federal Reserve. But obviously, if this is his personal opinion, and he's vice president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, obviously he's going to be telling his other buddies there, hey, we should be doing this. With a federal digital currency, he wrote that businesses and consumers will have all the benefits of a digital currency, low cost, person-to-person transactions to anyone in the world with an appropriate wallet, software, and access to the Internet. Uh, essentially, all of us have that now. When you think about it, right? Do you have access to the Internet? Nothing, everybody. Right? I mean, I mean, you can be homeless and have access to it. Just stop into your library in november he wrote in a follow-up it's hard for me to see what the downsides are in having a central bank supplied digital money critics argue it leaves people exposed to potentially poor monetary policy right we're seeing that now (laughs) hey listen we got a problem i'm really sorry but uh, that digital currency we got, yeah, we're going to have to make it worth a lot less. So we're just going to go in here, and and I know it says that you've got 10,000 digital currency coins, or I don't even know what they call it. You got 10,000 Fed coins. Uh, but you know what? Starting tomorrow, you're only going to have 5,000. But thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for helping. This may be true for these people Currency substitutes should be available. And while his posts were not official comments from the Fed, they have drawn great interest in the larger cryptocurrency community. In May, he joined a panel at a major cryptocurrency conference, Consensus 2016, in New York City where he expounded his views a bit more. From the perspective of a central bank, digital currencies and currencies of that ilk are a central, or are essential, or essentially, I'm sorry, I gotta you know, practice my reading skills. Digital currencies of that ilk are essentially a foreign currency. Here we have a Federal Reserve VP, who, remember, now, if they ask you if gold is money, if gold is a currency, right, they'll tell you it's not. But now they're trying to say that these electronic currencies, like Bitcoin, it's officially a foreign currency, he told the crowd. Digital cash for central banks, explaining that every nation worries about how its currency gets priced in relationship to other currencies. The great advantage of this is the central bank is in a position to fix the exchange rate between the Fed coin and the U.S. currency, and there you really have the truth. Here's the great thing, according to the vice president of the St. Louis Fed. Boy, this would be great. Because now we would be in charge of what the real exchange rate of a Fed coin to a U.S. dollar is. And you know what? If we make some monetary mistakes, well, we'll just fix the exchange rate. You You do understand what he's saying. What he's saying is, hey, listen, we'll just devalue. We'll devalue, not the Fed coin. We'll devalue the currency, right? The U.S. currency, which means you and I. You know that 2% inflation that they keep wanting so badly? Now they got a way to make it happen. Patriot Radio News Hour, get your Fed coins out. <laughs> Welcome back. Technical issues. your Radio News Hour. Listen, I don't believe in coincidences, but I'm here. I am right in the heart of FedCoin, and everyone
0: has access to the internet.
1: And all of a sudden, I no longer have access. I have a—I uh, don't know what to call it, but for whatever reason, my internet stopped working. But uh, it'll be back up here in a second. I'm hoping. But here's what's happened. So now we have confirmation that not only is there some interest in a electronic currency, there's been, I mean, what else can you call it but a, a meeting, a planning meeting. I mean, you had 90 country central bankers there. You had the IMF there. You had the World Bank there. Janet Yellen kicked off the meeting with a speech, right? They're getting together, and they're getting ready for the next step. So the first thing you heard, this was went back to 2014, about, hey, don't worry, because, you know, one Fed coin could be worth one dollar everything would be great. And, of course, I've told you now that, hey, don't, don't fall for that. That's what they want you to think. But then once they do it, they know they can change the value at any moment. And in the speech that the VP, the number two guy at the St. Louis Fed gave in May of this year, he said, and then I was going to quote it, but the let me see if I can pull it back up here. Because he's talking about the fact that, hey, with the Fed coin, central bankers would now have the ability to essentially change the denomination anytime they or the and denomination, the value, the exchange rate that they would be able to change it any time that they saw fit. And I, and I just got it back up, so I want to I want to give it to you verbatim as to what exactly he had to say about it. So he's, here it is: the great advantage to this federal or national Fed coin, the great advantage of this is that the central bank is now in a position to fix the exchange rate between the Fed coin and the U.S. currency. In other words, this would be like a two-tiered system. We've got the Fed coin. You know, that would be like the A shares of Brookshire Hathaway. <laughs> and then you've got the, the actual American public and, and we don't want to let them know what the, how, how the cow eats the cabbage. So we'll pretend that we're still on this U.S. currency thing. And any time we need to, we can just change the value of their U.S. currency. Right? We don't have enough inflation. I know how to fix it. We'll just make their currency worth less. And boom, there's our inflation. Right? Now all of a sudden... The $2 a gallon of gas is $3. It's just a different denomination, really, he said. The composition of money doesn't really matter to the money supply. In other words, essentially what he's saying is, is hey, whatever we deem as the money, we can make it happen and you know what the composition of it doesn't matter money's money money. whatever we say is money is money and we're going to use this type of money we're going to have everybody else use this type of money and when we need to we will devalue as needed and essentially what they're going to be able to do just sitting right there in one of their little offices at the federal reserve With a click of a keyboard and a click of the mouse, determine what the value of your money is, right? No more messing around with, you know, fighting with the Japanese or fighting with the Chinese or fighting with the ECB about whose currency needs to be weaker. We'll just go in and do whatever it is that we need to do. And this is what's going on. This is what they're really up to. And the thing about it is, just like I said, an Amero is not big enough. This is global. This is central banks colluding together to ensure they have full control over how much the money in your bank account is really worth. Right what a great way to do it. Okay, hey, listen, we don't even have to change the dollar value. We can just say you still got ten thousand dollars in there. All we gotta do is change the value of the Fed coin, and that will really determine what that ten thousand dollars could buy. And therefore, here go most of the dumb Americans won't even know what we did. course what used to cost cost a thousand dollars will now cost ten thousand but hey we didn't change your bank account we still told you you had ten thousand dollars in there instead of going the other way hey now that ten thousand is a thousand fed coin and they're smart they think of everything because that's what i thought would happen hey they're going to devalue now we're going to go two tiers so you don't even know we did it Pedro Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. I got to hand it to them. Wow, they're brilliant. Hey, we're going to have, we're still going to have the U.S. currency, but that's only for here in the United States, right? When you buy stuff. But when all the business gets done, Walmart needs to buy a million blenders, a million toasters, you know, a million. Chairs or whatever it is that they they got to buy, and they placed the order, and they they call up China. That payment will need to be converted into Fed coin, and because they determine the value of the Fed coin, it will determine how many U.S. currency dollars Walmart will need to spend on said item. So instead of having to devalue the money that's in your bank, they'll just make the Fed coin buy less. And therefore, ergo, you need to spend more money to get it. And then, of course, Walmart's got to raise prices, and you see how it goes. And so it's a great way for these central bankers to manipulate the value of your hard-earned money without actually calling it a devaluation. And one of the great benefits is, hey, everything now is electronic credit. And that way we get to know what everybody's buying, who's got what, when they did it, where it came from, you know the whole blockchain of events. Before your money gets blockchained. You may want to call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592. The Dow is down about 50, 60 points this morning. Gold's up uh, $1,270. Silver continuing its run. It's now up 31 cents, $17.30 right now on silver. U.S. Silver Eagles, uh, right now you're looking at uh, $425 a roll for a roll of 20 U.S. Silver Eagles. Uh, I still do, I believe it or not, I still have about eight or nine rolls of backdate Silver Eagles. Uh, those are going to be $400 a roll. Uh, U.S. $20 gold pieces. Uh, we ran them yesterday at Fourteen hundred and fifty dollars. I still have some of those left, so I'll leave that at fourteen fifty. Uh, gold's up, like I said, almost eleven dollars this morning at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And then I have a ten two and a half dollar Indian at two hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, those are here live as well. Uh, so you want to throw some of those in there please do so at 800-951-0592. Eric will be in tomorrow. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the nominee, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, and, you know, who knows what else, Eric, where Eric will take us as we sit there and we, we finally find uh, what I think is the next leg in the evolution, if you will, of currency Looks like, sure looks like to me, it's going to be digital and it's going to be global and it's going to be nasty. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everybody have a great rest of the Thursday.